I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Oi. The boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Real Madrid are the champions of Europe. Nottingham Forest are in the Premier League. Liverpool supporters are being blamed for crowd trouble because thousands couldn't get into the ground on time. What year is this? This is Footy Prime. What a weekend to recap. I'm Brendan Dunlop. Happy to be joined by James Sharman, Craig Force, and Jeff Cole is here. How you doing, boys? Have, uh, have, have you guys got to a point where you feel like you want to die? Because that's how I feel right now. This is the most hungover I've ever been on a microphone. And, <laughs> and is it really? You've had quite a few days with me, especially in my 20s mm-hmm. when I would show up for Serie A broadcast having not gone to bed because I was at government until 5 in the morning. Still wearing the same rubber shirt. This is the worst. Yeah, without a doubt. I didn't realize you were such a Real Madrid fan. (laughs) I watched the game. It was just it was just a great day of football. Some buddies, some beers, more alcohol, mixed alcohol, and that's that's the that's the poison pill, right? You can't be mixing. No, no, no. So are you um have you have you enjoyed Hair of the Dog today or are you so beyond even that that you can't even think about a drink today? Oh, so beyond even that. I just looking at a bottle makes me feel nauseous. Try one now. During this podcast, let's try this. Let's experiment. Go and get yourself a drink. It could be anything. Be a beer, glass of wine, whiskey, anything. Do oh. it. Let's, let's, it'd be a good experiment for the podcast, wouldn't it, boys? Yes. Well, listen, as as a trained scientist, this is JC speaking. I don't try to get on the pod as much as I could, but I'm here today. I would say, and you know what? I explained this once, I think last year or the year before. Scientifically, Brendan Dunlop, if you have an alcohol, let's say, let's say have yourself a Guinness, you will react. So what it is right now, you're feeling the effects of methanol. So alcohol is ethanol and it has methanol. So the ethanol has worn off, the gas part is gone, and all you're feeling now is the poison, which is the methanol. Yes, the methanol. If you have yourself a even just a pint of Guinness, I'm not kidding, this will reactivate, it'll bring some ethanol in there, and it will quell the methanol, and it will give you the, the illusion that you're feeling a bit better. Oh. You're not. But <laughs> it gives you that... Uh, that uh, that sensation. So this has been another scientific fact moment with me, JC. And then a couple of years later, you were going to AA meetings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Now let's try it though. So B, let, okay. So right now, what would you say? I can't do it. No, I no, no. Out of ten, for the for for the podcast listeners, out of ten, right now, where would you say you feel right now? Like, where are you in the scale of one to ten? How you mm. feel overall? To be honest, I'm I'm probably between a seven and an eight. No, no, bad. no. Oh, bad. How do I feel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but but say ten being how you normally feel. Oh, good okay. day. I'm just flipping scales over, on you, right? So where <laughs> yeah. are you right now? Oh, like a one and a half. Okay. Two? Okay. So go and get a drink now. <laughs> B, do it for us. Do it for the listeners, and then just sip it throughout the podcast, and then we'll get you to to give us another answer at the end of the show where you feel and see whether JC, Dr. JC over here is, is right and is under something. You are such a creative, you know, you have such a creative mind. That's why you're an executive producer now at a, an upstart content company. Um, this is a very creative way to take control of the hosting duties on the Sunday night show by having me leave the show so that you and Craig can talk about whatever just for a few, you want. Just for 30 seconds, go to your fridge, get something, anything. Come on, B, do it for us. It'd be, you know what, do it. you know what our little do snippets we, we, do we do each week, you know, to kind of tempt people to listen to the full show. This oh, you mean the ones that I spend it. hours cutting all the They're time? The ones, yeah, yeah, I know those ones. The ones I used to do, and I, I will do again. I'm, I apologize. I've been so freaking slammed the last couple of weeks. I'll get back on them, but B, do it for that. Come on. Okay, just for the bit. All right. So, so I'll Step leave away. You. We'll continue talking, right? You're still the host. When you come <laughs> back, you take the reins, all right? But just step away. Shall I leave you with explaining why... Um, our friend Jimmy Brennan is not here on the most yeah. important day in the club's history since winning the European Cup. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about that while you step away and get a drink. Atta boy. Very creative. Good for you. All God, right, I so fellas, um, Nottingham Forest in the Premier League. We'll get to the Champions League when, when B returns. And quite frankly, who cares about talking about that? Hey, freaking stop using imagine. your hosting voice. What's You're in the hosting voice mode. What, what, Am I? You, you said you were just going to hold the fort down. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The minute you come back, it's hey, your Brennan, show. Piss okay, off, forget sorry, the listen, drink. But, <laughs> this is great. This is I didn't expect this. This is great. Your pressure okay. is awesome. <laughs> Isn't it? So Nottingham Forest into the Premier League. Jimmy Brennan, right? Who who's been a huge part of our podcast for the last couple of months. I think he's really added a lot to it. Former Nottingham Forest player. Knows that club, loves that club. Who better to have on a podcast the day that after 23 years, Craig, they get promoted to the Premier League? Who better than Jimmy Brennan? Apart from Brian Clough, no one. There's no one, right? And where is Jimmy Brennan yeah. right now, Craig? I'm not exactly not sure, to be honest with you, but I, I'm not sure if he's uh, standing he's here, up uh, at this moment, but he's not here. He, I think, watched the game. I don't know this for a fact, but he watched the game with his boys downtown, the Forest Group, and I think he's hammered. That's what I think. It's a theme on the show today. James yeah, or Craig, could you not speakerphone give him a shout and see where he's at that's a good idea i think that'd be hilarious if he picks up and if he doesn't you can leave a horrible message why don't you do that jc i'd love to well you'd have to give his number through let's give i'll I'll give you his number right now all right it's 416 (laughs) (laughs) um let me let me text you his number do it jc okay I'm on it. This this will be great. Okay, let me text you his number, okay? All right, hey, B, welcome back, B. What do you have there to drink? So I got a quality PBR. Yes. Oh yes, a Pabst Blue Ribbon. I Good scoured lad. the options in the fridge, and this was the one that I think would kill me the least or hurt okay. me the least. Okay, so I am sending JC Jimmy Brennan's phone number. We're not sure where he is. We assume he's hammered somewhere. 
Oh, for sure. JC is going to call him on speakerphone to find out where he is right now, okay? <laughs> I love that you chose JC as the person to call because it's most likely that he will not ignore JC, whereas with us, he's just like, oh, I told those guys I'm not doing it. The hell exactly. with it. I agree with you. I think he's got a chance of picking up. There's method to this madness. Now, here's the thing. When he picks up, do I be me or do I be a telemarketer? <laughs> what, what, be a female telemarketer and you'll probably have more chance 100%. To 100%. Cheers to this or idea, guys. I could, you know what I could Cheers, be? B. Somebody that he met in a bar, say, a couple months ago. Uh. And uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> I think right, Jimmy I'm was on bar today. You now, JC. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy was in the VAR booth today, says Craig. Yeah, I think that might be it. All right, JC, I'm sending you uh, his contact now. Now, there's two numbers here. I'm not sure which one is his good number, so try them both. Okay. You think this is good radio? I think it's great radio. <laughs> I remember it's years not ago, radio. It's podcast. There's that. I remember years ago in England, and uh, it was an afternoon... And uh, the DJ, I forget who it was, some, some girl, she was great. She decided to get drunk on air. And every song, she was like doing half a beer or something. And by the end of the show, she was just blitzed. And it was really fantastic radio. He's like, you must listen to this entire show. It was great. Anyway, B, your show now. We just mentioned Forrest briefly. Uh, we're wait, we're, do you hear the ring? We're waiting on the answer. Okay. What are the odds? Not good now. That he answers. Welcome to Rogers no. Wireless Voicemail. It was like plus a thousand. Nope. Try the other number. Hold on. He doesn't even have his voicemail like set up, established. He's not trying to get any voicemails. I know younger people hate voicemails, but hold that may be Martin Nash's phone number. I'm not sure. That's where he was screwed up. Hello. Hey, it's Jimmy. Hello. Hi, Jimmy. Hello. Hi. What's going on? What? What's happening? Who's this? It's Christine. We met like, I mean, like probably like two months ago and I just didn't call you back, but I just found your number and I just thought I'd give you a call and see what you're up to. What are you talking You got my number? Yeah, you gave me your number when we were at the bar. <laughs> what? Yeah, you don't remember? No. No, you must remember. Remember we, we did shots at the bar. I think it was your buddy Mitch or something like that who bought us shots and then we did them together. I was my friend Jenny. It was amazing. It was such a great night. And then I didn't call you and I felt so bad because I lost your number and then I found it. No, I don't oh. Well that's kind of disappointing. Well, what do you what are you up to? Like, are you out today or what? Oh, do you want to go out and have a drink? You can, I, I guarantee you when you see me, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember you. No. Oh. <laughs> All right, look, I, I gotta go. It's good wind up. Well, hey, listen, listen. Hey, congratulations to Forrest, right? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Jimmy Brennan, it's Jeff Cole from Footy Prime, the podcast. <laughs> Jimmy? I think he's gone. He's good. <laughs> oh, well. Is that okay that I did that? Like, oh, we don't have to get that bit approved. Yeah, I don't know. Well, fair enough. It was a good effort, though. It was a great I attempt. Love that. I loved that. Yeah. The Rolodex of women's names, just white girl women that you assume he would meet at the bar. Oh, my God. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> he fell for it, too. 
Uh, he's trying to put it to he's trying to put it together. He sounded much more composed than I expected. Yeah. Well, Should you maybe, text maybe, him at least? Maybe he couldn't make the show for a really serious reason, and it wasn't because of Forrest at all. I feel oh. kind of bad now. Now I feel yeah. awful. Shit. You should probably text him and just say, "Hey, bud, Jeff Cole here." Christine feels terrible. <laughs> just spoke hey, to it's you. Christine, aka Jeff Cole. I think we got it all wrong. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Well. So back to the football. Yeah. Back Speaking to the football. of uh, yeah. getting things wrong, um, forty minutes delayed for the biggest showpiece of the European calendar. Um, obviously, there's a lot of talk about that, and there was for the game. You know what I really enjoyed? 40 more minutes of Micah Richards, Thierry Henry, and Jamie Carragher and Kate Abdo. I really enjoyed that. They were tap dancing, huh? Wow. Oh. But there's, well, like, what a well of things to talk about. Like, never run out of anything. No. So I feel bad for the Canadians that didn't have that option to watch on CBS cable because I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, the CBS spends some money, don't they? In this yes, they broadcast, do. holy smokes. They had Schmeichel there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know they uh, they did a good job, but I mean that whole delay. Um, you, hear, you hear fans being stuck outside, and your mind jumps to certain things. But then you start reading legitimate, respected journalists on the ground right there. Mm-hmm. They were right there. They're embedded. Jonathan Wilson's of the world. These guys were there. They saw it with their own eyes, and they're saying this was just bullshit. Blaming the fans for this. Mm-hmm. It was so poorly organized. UEFA dropped the ball and then started casting aspersions and blame towards the fans. Just disgusting. I know the British government is getting involved now, and so they should. Same thing happened at the Europa League, by the way. The organization was so poor. And for them to start finding that, that scapegoat once again, oh, Liverpool fans, they're an easy blame. Mm-hmm. Just disgusting. Yeah, you feel for those fans. And We and heard that Jamie before, Carragher. haven't we? Yep. Jamie Carragher was, you know, trying to explain uh, to the audience what it must be like to be stuck on the outside. You're fearing that you're going to miss kickoff, the biggest match maybe of your life. You've spent thousands of pounds to get there. You've, you're standing there with a legit ticket, 800-pound ticket or whatever, whatever the price was, uh, a f- small fortune for those people, and to not be able to get in when you should. Uh, you do desperate things or, or feel desperate, but that, that – just as a situation that you never want to see. And from the sounds of it, uh, I don't think it was too too tragic, right? There wasn't any yeah, real... Thankfully. I mean, there was tear gas, there was pepper spray, you know, and uh. you know, obviously things can, can escalate from there. But you see the, the certain fans, not too many, but jumping the fence. But, and you under, I do understand, you don't condone that, but you understand it, right? You've made this trip, you've gone all this way, and, and some idiot is not opening the gate. You're going to jump it. Mm-hmm. on you mm-hmm. as simple as that i mean I, i'm not sure, saying that i would jump it maybe i would i don't know in that situation but um it really it, it tarnished the start of the, the match for sure and then that bloody useless as per usual opening ceremony and all that nonsense this is so unnecessary didn't everything you have fine ignore everything else guys didn't you have charms pegged as a camila cabello fan i thought that would have been right up your alley is that who it was <laughs> who the yeah. hell is that C- who? camila what who? Camila Cabello. Who's she? She's one of the biggest names in music, and she's one of the only, you know, chartable, uh, popular music artists that uh, actually makes good shit. Well, it wasn't good shit that day. It was terrible. <laughs> don't go yet. You come up with some called. names, don't you? <laughs> Seriously, I never heard of these old bees on the water. Now, 
He's put the beer down. He's on the water. Jesus, it was a shame. And, and you know, it, it's kind of yeah, like I said, it, it, it the game itself wasn't a classic game, a great game, but any stretch, but it had its moments. Um, and and listen, Real Madrid tactically, that's exactly what we thought we'd do. They do right. I think Angelotti played it really, really well. Um, it's too bad that we're talking about you know what happened before the match. That's what's kind of or the the news cycle has taken over that angle as opposed to the fact that Real Madrid won their fourteenth Champions League, which is just insane. I guess it depends on what news you're I, biting on. For me, I just wanted to go in chronological order because I was trying to take control back of the show. <laughs> you're doing a fine job. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Go ahead, Craig. It was a. Um, it, it's it would be a different name from the fans, so they're they're double pissed off because it just yeah. the whole day was just ruined all around. It wasn't a classic. Yeah. They had lots of chances, and Courtois sat. You know, he stood on his head. The guy had a fantastic game. He made some unbelievable saves. And that's just the way football goes. You could say Ancelotti's mm-hmm. brilliant. We saw Mourinho do something similar years ago, I think, with Inter. They're out jumping in and you know, is a genius. Well, you need good you need some luck. Um and there's some of the chances were straight at Courtois as well. It's just that, you know, it just didn't happen on the day. But I thought, you know, I thought Klopp took the right road because you can say all the shell you like, but the bottom line is chances aren't goals. And Real Madrid deserved overall uh, with the season that they've had. I think it was pretty out of any of the Champions Leagues they've ever won. Is there more one that's more unlikely than this year? I, I, I just did not point. see it happening. It's a great point. Even from, you know, long term, before the season, no one thought they'd get this far, let alone win it. And then throughout this whole knockout phase, you have to beat PSG of all teams. And somehow you're the second best team on that two legs and you find a way to win it. You're you're the second best against Chelsea. You find a way. You're the second best against Man City and you find a way. I think it's one of the most famous wins, I think. It's incredible what they did. Pure, I mean... Let's, let's just take off the whole strategy, tactical cap for a second. Pure character mm-hmm. and, and desire and a refusal to acknowledge that they're second best. We don't care. We'll give us a chance. We'll make the most of it. So I, I give them all the credit in the world. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really do. And it, obviously, I was pissed off yesterday. I thought my team played really well, actually. No complaints about the way they played. Couldn't quite finish. Couture was incredible, like you said. And uh, he's, mm-hmm. as far as I know, he's a member of Real Madrid, right? He's, he's one of their teammates so therefore he's part of the club so don't people are saying oh they were, they were just lucky because of Couture well okay that's no different yeah. than saying well Benzema scored all these goals in the knockout phase they're lucky no he's a Real Madrid player yeah good for him it's a shrug of the shoulders it's just like this has been a fantastic season for Liverpool but and in the end you have to feel a little bit disappointed you really do that's what it is now because we we discussed it right we discussed it last few weeks you know well you know the quadruple looked as if it wasn't going to happen and it looks as if it was just going to be the champions league to make it a really special season and in the end they didn't get that and we discussed what if they just get the carabao cup and the fa cup then what and until it happens it's kind of hard to understand how you'd feel and to me it was a spectacular season but very Mm -hmm. anticlimactic in the end and that's how I remember it. Like, man, what could have been the great what could haves? This could have been something really special, and it wasn't. I love the way Klopp post match well, straight away looks the next season, going, "Boys, book your hotels now. We're back in Istanbul next year." Love yeah. that. Great. Yeah, I do too. Uh, and it's interesting because last weekend, on the last day of the season, there was a point in that game they were winning the league. They were, they're 
15 minutes, that Greg. close to a gay man leading the league and winning. Right? They were 15 minutes And I don't away. blame anybody. I really don't. I don't blame anybody, but it was that close. That close. Yeah, it's... Yeah, in- incredible. I mean, what a what a great season. I mean, overall, what a great season it was for football fans, right? Whether you're a Real Madrid fan, seeing this incredible escape artist, um, you know, what they did in the knockout phase, whether you're a fan of Liverpool or Man City, what, what a great season. The moments this season provided. It's one of the best Champions Leagues I can remember seeing, honestly, for the moments. And yeah, I, I without mean, a doubt. Yeah, right? It was. It was just... It was box office every single match day, it seemed, right until the very, very end there. And uh, hey, what do you make, by the way, Couture, in the the lead up to this, he was saying how he felt disrespected in England because no one gave him the credit that was due at Chelsea. I never got that, did you? I always thought he was always renowned as being one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Yeah, Yeah, I got that too. I I wonder if it was, you know, he was courted by Real Madrid and I think that rubbed... Chelsea the wrong way or Chelsea supporters anyway so I think you know and much like De Gea well, it always seems like they have their eye on the next gig right I think that Premier League fans get very uh, offended when they feel like they're being used as a stepping stone especially since you know, Chelsea's looking to contend with Real Madrid on all facets not not just on the pitch but in re- recruiting players and that so maybe it's just more slighted that way but from the media perspective and the coverage and the fans no I always thought he was treated as as one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League, and he was. Yeah, and I think there's also the fact that if you're an international from another country, you're never going to get sort of yeah. be put in that same talk and same bracket as, as a lot of the British, uh, UK, English goalkeepers. It's always been that way. So, I mean, but I don't I, think I, he was disrespected. So, so during his, when he was at Chelsea, who was the top, you know, like English, like Joe, that's Joe Hart was big back in those, that day, right? I think when he was at Chelsea, kind of Joe Hart, Jordan Pickford. I always thought Couture was a far superior keeper to both those guys. And he is clearly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think many people thought otherwise. Maybe it's just a kind of an angle he was using in the build up to the tournament, us against them type thing. We've got more to fight for here. Maybe that's what it was, but Maybe. no one can debate now <laughs> how good he is. Some of those saves, the one of Salah was just incredible. You saw Salah pounding the grass and angle like, what? How did that not go in? It was just just brilliant. Craig said there was a few that were shot right at him, but he was just where he needed to be and and massive. He was, it was like a seven foot man diving across the, the goal. He was everywhere. Yeah. I just got the feeling he would, it was one of those days. It was, he just knew they weren't going to get it. He just Mm. knew. And he was just on his game. Everything was perfect. He got some amazing saves in. Some good defending, too, to be fair. I mean, there's a little bit of both, of course. but And then a little bit of bad luck for Liverpool on the day. But uh, overall, you're right. I thought it was a terrific season. And even the, you know, the celebrations we saw in Germany after Andoin Track won that uh, Europa League. Fantastic. Even seeing Liverpool on the open top bus today with the Carabao and the FA Cup, and that is really cool. They they brought the women's team up there on the bus too. They won the champ, the league championship. Finally, mm-hmm. Liverpool's put some money into that program. They've been ignoring it for way too long, mm-hmm. so they're going to be a force, I think, moving forward. So they're really including the, the, the women's team as part of this celebration, which is great as well. So all really positive despite the loss. And then mm-hmm. I'm just seeing now it's coming out now a couple of reports. Um, Sadio Mane has told his teammates he's leaving after Bayern Munich in all likelihood, mm-hmm. which, you know, listen, Sadio Mane is an absolute legend. I love that guy, but 
comes a time when a team's got to mix it up a little bit and make some changes. And we, I've said it before, we've discussed it, how Ferguson would do it all the time. Maybe now is the time to move one of those guys out. Sulla's probably going to stay for another year now. You move Mane out, Luis Diaz has been so good. Maybe you then address that center four position in the, in the transfer market this summer. No one wants to see Sonny Mane leave, but this was now maybe, you know, a great example of a club trying to keep that momentum going and not being too complacent. He doesn't have to work so hard to win a, uh, a league title. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Imagine point. that left-hand side, though, boys. You know, Fonzie to, to Mane, if he's playing on the left-hand side, I'm not sure he will be. Obviously, Lewandowski's losing. Leaving, maybe he's, he's center forward now. But if he's not, wow, that's pretty exciting, isn't it? You talked about the, you know, digesting this season now, what we spoke a couple weeks ago. What if they only have the, the two cups? And for Real Madrid, this being one of the most incredible European Cup campaigns of their 14th. And several of those were epic, but this is maybe one of the best Champions League seasons of all time. It's so f- interesting that Liverpool is like that rare club, right? Where Europe seems to, it just it just seems like it matters a little less. Like if Liverpool would have won, we would have said, oh, great team, you know, the best team won on the day, you know, another great season. And then still whinge about having missed out on the quadruple as opposed to like Real Madrid coming from out of nowhere, you know, all the, all the teams, all the scalps they had to claim to, to get there to climb this ladder. Whereas there's, it's right back to Premier League focus for, for Liverpool because that's the biggest prize for them. Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, I, I think just traditionally speaking, culturally, the continental clubs look at the European Cup as being bigger than the domestic trophies for whatever yeah. reason. They always have. I know AC Milan, I saw an article about that years ago. AC Milan, that was a prime example. He won the Serie A, great, but it's all about winning the Champions League for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think for English teams, it's a little bit different. Maybe not for Man City now. They've won four and five. They want to focus on Europe. But for Liverpool, myself personally, as a fan, um, I was more disappointed missing out on the Premier League this year than I was disappointed losing to Real Madrid yesterday. Right, yeah. You know, um, and not that I didn't want it. Of course I did. <laughs> but uh, it's winning 38 games. I mean, Craig knows better than us. You know, obviously what a slog that is and to come out as the top team in the country looking at the pyramid that means so much it does it does but you know in the long run the champions league when these leagues different leagues is kind of cyclical you know the italian league's the best in europe the you know the german league had its moments english league then the english league again you know what i mean Mm-hmm. At the end yeah. of the day, when you look back on history, the Champions League trophies, those are the ones, you know, and like Iker Casillas, he's a World Cup winner and he looks at his Champions League. He's like, you know, anybody can play in a World Cup. Not anybody can play in the Champions League and nobody and not everybody can get to a final, let alone win it. And if you win the Champions League, that's the pinnacle for a player. And I honestly believe like yeah. a, as a professional former player, that was the pinnacle to what I really wanted to do. I mean, if I could, you know, one thing play to the Premier League, but the Champions League and winning that—that's really? that's the top of the top. And I I totally agree with Ike Casillas on that one. That you know, that- the, those are teams are built to the best of the best from the best teams in the world, whatever you know. And they're handpicked. International teams are as good as the you know the players that you have. And he came from a very good one, an underachieving team, Spain at that time before they won the World Cup and whatnot. But uh, I can see it. I can see it. 
right? Was that the sentiment, Craig, in your rooms, in your locker rooms with all your teammates when, when you, you know, obviously you talk about football a lot. Was it always about that? Like, man, just imagine, just imagine us and West Ham, we're, we're fine for top four football or top three, I guess, back in those days, right? For the births. We mm-hmm. close. We could play Champions League next year. Was that as a, as a group more exciting than fighting for honors domestically? Um. Well, I mean, it comes with it, right? Uh, I mean, those prizes, you have to play well domestically and you have to play really well in the Premier League. There's a lot of very good teams in the Premier League that would, would compete well in Europe, but they can't they can't get there. So it is a competitive league. So at the moment, like you say, winning it, that is something special because we know what that league is at this present moment. But it's just in the long run, I think they look at Champions League and I look back on Real Madrid and you know, they just keep going back. Look at how many we've won. We're the best mm-hmm. and the biggest of all time. You know? But you also arrived in England at Ipswich, not too far removed from European giants Ipswich as well. Mm-hmm. Well, that was still pretty fresh, right? When you first got there. Was that oh, maybe, boy. Did that kind of maybe mold the way you thought about that championship? Yeah, it did. And also put an extreme amount of pressure on the generation after, the one that mm-hmm. was really seen as the ones that continue on with this golden generation. And we are Ipswich Town. We develop well. We've got some world-class players we're finishing second in, in in the league we're qualifying for the uefa cup when all this you know that when it's only the top teams made the champions league so second was in the uefa they win that in uh, 1981 so they were yeah i was coming into that generation where they were as they were the shit in europe they really really were mm-hmm. and that was tough to you know to, to see them get relegated in the youth team but it was also exciting to get them back in the Premier League. But there was always this thing where they they thought we had some God-given right to be at the top of the echelon for some reason. <laughs> Even at this, you know, a small town like Ipswich, it was just, it became normal for them. Yeah. yeah. Hey, B, it got me thinking actually a little bit um, yesterday. Obviously, it's an enormous, you know, moment, day for football fans, like for football fans. Um, the World Cup is a huge day for sports fans, right? So mm-hmm. I think the World Cup attracts far more mainstream sports fans or, or people that suddenly become Italian or Portuguese or English for, for a month, right? <laughs> what, what's bigger? What's bigger, Champions League final day or the World Cup final day for a football fan? Because I'm kind of thinking it might just be the Champions League. It's kind of like we kind of own that day as sport, as, as soccer fans, whereas the World Cup is our chance to kind of brag to the world. This is our sport. But I feel it's a bit more authentic, it seems, the Champions League. It's a good point. We've had this conversation before about how the best quality of football is, without a doubt, the Champions League. As much as people mm-hmm. want to believe yeah. it's the World Cup. And I think you can be split. I think that the, the the most meaningful trophy can be the World Cup trophy, yet the best quality football is in the UEFA Champions League. And if you're introducing mm-hmm. someone new to the sport, you may capture them with the raw and the hype and the emotions of a World Cup. But will you hook them then to club football? Will they pay attention for the four years in between? I think you have a better chance of really getting someone to buy in by introducing them to the Champions League and just, hey, there's so we all you know get asked this all the time by people who aren't traditional football fans. There's so many leagues. How do you follow? I can't keep up. What day is this? Mm-hmm. What league is that? What competition are we doing now? And if you just were to watch the Champions League, I think you'd be hooked on the sport for life. Well, you know, maybe that's even where our job comes into play for some of the fans that are just getting into it that, you know, mm-hmm. okay, what is the Champions League? How many people, you know, qualify? And, and the changes, like I said, back in the day were, you know, there was only the winners of the leagues, the top leagues that, that went into it. It was, it was really tough to get into it. Now in England, what is it, top four? 
Italy top four, France top two or three or something, three, Germany four. The coefficients change, but yeah, you got the big right. One. So it goes by coefficients, and then all these different countries. And some countries, like Scotland, for instance, I think they're in the the they, the winner of that league has to play in a qualifying round to get yeah. into the group stage proper, right? So there's all sorts of ways to get into it, and depending on the strength of your league, going by coefficients, that's how these teams uh, get into it, and that's why England and the best leagues in Europe get more than the others. Yeah, good point. Soccer is very simple, easy to follow. You're right. <laughs> just, just uh, right. the, the wonder most most shows, and we understand that it's not that easy to follow. I, yeah, uh, and then you got Roma celebrating the conference. Yeah, I know. I know. I love. I love that that bit, Charms. Uh, I'm sorry I missed that Wednesday show, that gathering, but it sounded great, and I loved just off the top. Wonger, like, oh, so guys, what is this? What do you mean? Like, what's uh, what's the conference? What's the Europa Conference? You mean the tournament you just watched? The final you just watched? Yesterday? Yeah, I don't get it. What what is it? Have we talked about this before? Explain it again. We had discussed it before, right? We had. Of course we had. Yeah, I'm sure we had. Yeah, it was so Maybe he missed that. We haven't done it before. Yeah, I'm sure we've explained what this is. Anyway. You, you know what I thought you were going to ask uh, when you were asking to compare the World Cup final to the Champions League final as far as sports fans or, or um, uh, just consuming it, sports fans versus actual football fans. They brought this up on the CBS broadcast. Um, I forget who it was, if Kate Abdo had mentioned it first, but it, there was a, a debate about the Champions League really being like the Super Bowl and bigger than the Super Bowl because of how many people buy in around the world and how, you know... Four you, you times can, as many, by the way. Four times as many people. The, that's yeah, the well, well, annual okay, rating, Last year, it was rating. over 700 million watched the Champions League final. Wow. And uh, it was 200 for the Super Bowl. So I'm assuming it's more this year. So There's no way yeah. the Super Bowl gets 200. Not a chance. Did la- Apparently it did last year, they're saying. Global. Where? Where? I don't know. What was yeah, it in the well, states? What was it? You give me the states number, which is probably about 115 million, and there's mm-hmm. not a freaking chance in hell there's 85 million in the, in the rest of the world watching it. You don't think so? I think there might no, be. No, Canada's number Champions two, in the, and they're. Like I mean, a, a Super Bowl? No, I don't know. I, I know not in the chance. 80s, Super Bowl was a big deal, like in Channel Four. Maybe it's just yeah. Just well, the Super Bowl used to sell it as a billion people, and it was bullshit. And then they were made to say, okay, it was a, it's available to a billion people. They're nowhere uh, oh. <laughs> near 200 million. There's a difference, yeah. Interesting. Massive. You're not doubling the audience. It's already in the States worldwide, right? And they're at about 115 million in the US. Right. You're not doubling that. So what about the Stanley Cup final? <laughs> Interesting. In the US, because the, the league games attract MLS numbers, really. The, the, the league game season is very, very poor. Usually buy that, that NHL package because the Stanley the cup itself does get uh, there's a massive difference from you know right. the actual finals that's where they try to make their money off it but look at nbc they took a, a 2.8 billion dollar premier league package they don't even have one team in their united states they, they backed off the nhl yeah, true nhl's in, nhl's in mm-hmm. trouble they're in trouble i really like tv critic expert craig forrest Sean, oh i know you this yeah, is amazing. It's, it's Craig, Craig, don't call me Chris Zogovich, Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That well, you know, new, it's, new it's new just a, it, it, Craig. It, yeah, I do. I obviously do a lot of reading about it and seeing where the demographics are and everything else. And you see that there's absolutely no question in the United States and in North America that soccer is ahead of hockey. It's not number four. You into everybody's heads. Hockey's number four. Hockey's number four. It's not. No, when you take the whole picture of all the World Cup numbers, Champions League, League MX, 
in the United States is the number one league. Oh, yeah. Number Huge. two. It's the most watched league. Premier That's league. amazing, number isn't three, it? Number three, MLS. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what's not taken into it's account. It's not the right? MLS that's the big. No. What about what about monster trucks in the states? Pretty freaking big, I bet you. Huge. Ten million. They're as big as their tires. What is WWE factory? I mean, it's, it's enormous, right? It's just enormous. All joking aside, it's huge. What are, the, what are those numbers? I bet they blow away NHL in the states. Like destroy. Oh, they should. Well, you, you know, know why? Actually, talking to the episode. guys at. Sorry, guys, just talking to guys at the uh, TSN back in the day, and they said we could make money strictly if we just wanted to do so on dub the time and curling. Yeah. Numbers. Yeah. Well, the score, the score survived because of the WWE deal. They financed everything. That's they right. kept the lights and they were on. Quite happy to admit that. Yeah. It surprises people all the time. They ask, you know, how come there's not more basketball coverage? What, you know, what are the numbers like? And it blows everyone away when you tell them that wrestling and curling are up there behind hockey, and the poker. The, the floor and poker, yeah. But the floor, right? That that WWE pulls in, it's always this high number, and then some big events will swing it. I think there's less of a swing. Whereas Craig makes a great point that the NHL regular season numbers on television in the States are probably a lot closer to the MLS numbers. Both of those leagues are so dependent on gate revenue. But yeah. as- well, I mean, MLS, MLS is uh, it's not doing great. They're, they're trying to get a big new deal and they're going to get a lot less than they hope to, a lot less. Yeah. It's hard to like the you know, consumption has changed, but they, they needed to restructure it in hopes of... Um, getting a more consistent television audience because the MLS, it is a good product. It's a really good product. But when you roll out the MLS cup final on a Saturday and you're delayed because of overtime in a women's college basketball, regular season game featuring, you know, the biggest women's program, one of the biggest women's programs in the world, mind you, but still when you can't even do a third of that number for your final, like something's got to change. (laughs) Yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. The product, so I guess yeah. it's a bit of a slow grind. Um, I really like, grind, but they do they do like the low the demographics for MLS are very good. You know, it's a younger demographic, and they uh, and the product comes cheap in comparison to buying an NHL franchise, buying an NFL, mm. even NBA uh, or sorry, of course NBA, but MLB. So at even at three hundred fifty million, you can but uh, at a level where you don't have to go designated player if you don't want to, right? That's why we're seeing the growth just keep going on and on because it's it's not that expensive when it comes to professional sports. Meanwhile, in England today, a second tier league, a second tier league had a match that was worth half a billion dollars to the winner. <laughs> and that, my friends, is called a segue. Great segue, host. Very good. <laughs> How's the beard going, by the way, B? How you feeling? Oh, it's horrible. Um, but, but you're at one and a half before. Where are you at now? Yeah. <laughs> I might be a two. I might be a two. See? I think, Do- I think Dr. Right. JC was right. <laughs> yeah, Dr. JC was right. I think that needs to be a new sponsor segment. Science moments with JC. Yeah, just make shit up, JC. It'd be amazing. That was excellent. Oh, I think he was just naming fossil fuels there, saying that that's what's in the beer. But yeah. you know he's got a doctor's voice somewhere in that collection of, of accents and voices, right? There's got to be a doctor voice. Yeah. Remember Dr. The, uh, Nick, Kramer? Though. Kramer had his doctor's voice uh, in Seinfeld. Yeah, I forget who it was that's now, right. but hilarious <laughs> you know, a monocle and like a patch jacket and they'd walk in and say hey, doctor so-and-so from so-and-so and anyway yeah that's why I whatever say, he I says see it sounds believable. 
<laughs> That's it. Just don't be a veterinarian. The uh, the mechanics of healthcare. Veterinarians, if I may, are. It's like you go in and you say, "Well, my dog's got a uh, his paws a little weird." Like, yeah, well, you know, he's probably got a uh, what do we call it? a a thornography? We need to do the X rays. Yeah, about uh, thirty six hundred. <laughs> Why do you take your dog to Staten Island to go to the vet? But that's just that's that's the inner of every vet. Every vet is a little bit of like, yeah, you know what? Uh, for you, uh, I'll give it to you for fourteen hundred, because there's no real regulation <laughs> for veterinary. Like, I mean, it's like you go to one guy, it's like yeah, twelve hundred bucks. You go to another guy, it's like yeah, I'll give it for nineteen ninety nine. Well, like BB <laughs> says that they like the mechanics of uh, the animal world, right? healthcare, healthcare, healthcare yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. totally. <laughs> Any any vets listening to us? If you're a vet and listening to us, please please reach out through Twitter mm. and you just play on uh, your defend emotions. yourself. Play on your emotions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I just Fluff, Fluffy make... is gonna die unless you do this. I just want to make it clear: she'll be just fine, or she'll die. <laughs> I respect the profession. I have tons of respect for veterinarians, and the you know I think we're all better as people because of our pets. So. I appreciate the work that many vets do. I just think when it comes to the admin, yeah, there's it's a fucking scam. There's a bit of that. Hey, I was telling you last time that my cat Wallace is dying. Remember that? But we do agree. Yeah, I right? agree with you. He's I bounced back. Oh, dead? He's bounced back. No, no, no. no he's not Wallace dead. is back. He's back. Like he's doing well again. Oh, well, not great. I mean, he's still he's 19 years old, but he's he's uh like when I last time we spoke, we thought like I thought the next day was going to be a trip to the vet. Oh. For you know, you know, here, blue, blue. It's a little bit like uh, Brendan's feeling right now. Yeah, you take B to the vet, will you, Elena? For Christ's sake, put the man down. <laughs> uh, no, she's been great in tolerating me, as uh, as she always does. Actually, isn't it great when you go out with the boys and, and you're a mess the next day? How wonderful and how understanding the wife is, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> are you, in my which, house, it ain't. What audience are you speaking for? For our Footy Prime audience or for those in your home studio at the moment? No, see, I'm good today, though. So there's no reason After for everybody to be upset up, about my, So what uh, do we know? Yeah. <laughs> or 50 yeah. 50, right? Um, uh, well, yeah, I guess we are. Yeah, you, 50, 50. Uh, you, you Jimmy, and, and Wonger. Yeah. 50 50. Mm-hmm. JC, me, and you. Team, keep it together. For now, anyway. These niches together. So we kind of, I know he's not part of the family right now. He's part of the family, but he's not like the, the regular family. So we kind of lean on the, on the yeah, marriage is okay side of things at the moment. Teetering, perhaps, but uh, we're there. Yeah, it depends on how many more shows per week we add, but I tell you. <laughs> yeah. like, so, oh, so you're not watching soccer all day Sunday from 7.30 a.m. until we eat dinner at 8 p.m.? Hey, but B, make, it's easier though, isn't it? Now when you can say, at least you can say, well, listen, the podcast I'm doing on Sunday night, which means I've got to watch all this soccer on the weekend. It is now paying something <laughs> as opposed to nothing. It makes it a little bit easier. Wonger still hasn't paid me for that night out though. Have you given no, the receipts in yet? Know. Yeah, maybe I need to do that part. That would, yeah, I would do that. That, that would help. It. <laughs> anyway, the playoff promotion final, as you mentioned, seeing Nottingham Forest get back in the Premier League. So I was really excited to hear you know from our resident nottingham forest player jimmy brennan lived and breathed you know for that club and still uh captures his heart and uh <laughs> he shared it with other people today not with us tell you what they were lucky weren't they 
Oh, God, were they ever. I tell you what, uh, if you're Huddersfield tonight, you just can't believe that not one of those decisions went your way. I think they both should have gone their way, don't you? I, yes. think, they're, I think they're both penalties. They were. I think they're yep. both penalties. Now, I, was there embellishment in the first one? And yeah, yeah. Possibly, yeah. yeah but, but when has that ever stopped them giving that? Yeah. Salah does that shit all the time. There was clearly contact. Absolutely. There's more than enough contact. I'm, once you see that, and then you see Colback actually cross himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. He's like, how did I get away with yeah, that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that second one's one. It's, that's a penalty as well. Stone wall. I, I'll go as far as saying they're stone walls, stone wall penalties. Yeah, Craig, I think you're right that the embellishment <laughs> may be what made them hesitant with the first one, but the second one, and perhaps it was that, oh, we don't want to just give this one because we didn't give the last one. But they have like two striking mistakes, and for as good as VAR has been, how can you not? hate VAR after that. You have a, a league that doesn't have VAR until yeah. the biggest games possible for this reason, because the game's worth 500 fucking million dollars, boys. Yeah. And I mean, oh, I mean, listen, I'm really happy Forrest are in the Premier League. I really am. Like, honestly. Yeah, me as so, well. They belong. It's, it's great. They, they do. But yeah. Huddersfield have absolutely every reason to say, what the hell just happened to us? We got screwed here. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you ask some real hard questions. There's going to be that feeling that the small club, like, uh, even though Nottingham is not the biggest place in the world, but, you know, from, you know, a a history standpoint, Huddersfield is going to feel like, yeah, they've screwed us on this because we're the, we're Huddersfield. For sure. Next time you visit Huddersfield town, don't mention VAR. (laughs) Yeah. Patrick Stewart. So he's a big star, but he's not big enough, I guess. Oh yeah, that's right. Patrick Stewart's Huddersfield. Because remember, we'd, we'd do games and we'd see occasionally he'd be in the stands. Yeah, mm-hmm. I met him once when we were there in the players' lounge after a game when we played at Huddersfield. Yeah, really, very, very nice man. Yeah. Was he wearing his um, Jean-Luc Picard like Star Trek outfit? <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's yes. weird when you're talking to him and he's not quite got that you know that theater type uh, voice when he's chatting to you. But you, you know it's him. <laughs> and he, it's did he say really... to you any, at any point? Did he say, "Make it so"? <laughs> no. No, oh, that's too bad. If I was him, I'd be throwing that out all the time. Yeah, but he does. He did. I did ask him about doing, you know, Star Trek and doing theater, and you know, he he considers himself a theater actor. You know, very much. Yeah, so I think the there's stage. a lot of re- lot of respect to, to somebody what he does at his level, man. Yeah, top of his game. So yep. it's a shame that he wasn't wearing the Star Trek vest, though, as Charms pointed out. Were you wearing your goalkeeper gloves when you shook his hand? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I I, I put them in the in my bag. I had a shower and then uh, <laughs> had a beer in my hand, maybe. Because I've well, hung we, out with you a few times outside of the podcast. I'm always disappointed that you're not wearing the gloves. Like in the winter, I'm like, he should just be wearing the old sports. Like, we must old, do that. Old, old One day we must have a night out, right, with the Footy Prime boys, and Craig's got to wear his gloves. That'd be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> People would when think I, he's a germaphobe that he didn't want to shake anybody's hand. No, they think I'm how a dickhead. <laughs> you think that's different from how they think of you now? <laughs> it just draws less attention to myself. <laughs> oh man! Um, back to that match and Nottingham Forest winning promotion. Um, what 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 happened with Richie Larea? Why wasn't he on the bench? I know I saw, but I tell you where he was. He was he was two man in from the trophy celebration. Did you see mm. that? He was right in there. Maybe it's a sign. Maybe it's a sign that he'll uh, he's going to have a much bigger role now that they're in the Premier League. Well, maybe Spence is going to uh, 
United or somewhere. Mm. And uh, that's where they brought in Richie. This is, so. big, this is the big question, but I was surprised. I mean, when he wasn't on the bench, he's been, that's been a regular for him, at least on the bench. But I'm not sure if that's long-term tells us anything other than what we do know, and that's that Forrest aren't going to get weaker, right? And he hasn't made it into that team. So, you know, it's really, really difficult to know what the best thing is for him. You know, does he, if he's not playing regularly, next year at the start now all of a sudden he's thinking himself and having talks with john herdman and, and you know they want him playing so do i then go out on loan to a club somewhere or championship at least to get games in before the world cup and there's all sorts of things could go or you're right they come in for a big money move and they think you know richie's uh, he's our man we're going to go with him and we're going to stick with him and he's going to be a starter next year but I, at this moment in time i i think that would be unlikely at this so- moment Another example that FIFA screwed the sport by giving Qatar the World Cup and moving it to the winter. This is really going to make the transfer window complicated. If you are Richie Larea, Craig, mm-hmm. you're going to have a preseason, I would say. Uh, the season starts a f- couple of weeks before the tra- transfer window closes, right? Charms, that they've, they've moved it back, right? The season yeah, will still start a bit. two weeks early. Yeah, August 6th, I think, is when the season kicks off. I believe, and the, and the transfer window closes at the end of August again. Yeah, yeah, as it used to. Now, okay. is that is that UK or is that Europe? The UK, I guess. Yeah, it, that's yeah, what sure. matters for the context of my example here. But if you're Richie, Craig, like, do you run through preseason, let a couple of games run in August, and then speak with your team and see if the best option is knocking on doors to go on loan, or how, how does one player kind of consider that obstacle? <laughs> Well, one thing is uh, for the trouble with these playoff winning teams is they don't have an awful lot of time to get mm-hmm. themselves sorted out for the Premier League season because, you know, five minutes ago you're worth, you know, hundreds of millions of less, less uh, dollars, you know, and all of a sudden now it's like, okay, we've got to do our business and do it quickly. And then everybody you're approaching for, for signings, they all know you've got a little cash in hand. So those players go up in value and it's, you know, you, there's, there could be some movement and, and then obviously Middlesbrough uh, owns Spence. So that's yeah. another factor. How much are they going to want for him? He looks a specimen, doesn't he? He really does have something special about him. He's a bit, you know, he's big. He's got some pace. He defends really well. He's decent in the air. You know, he's 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 tricky. He's dangerous. You know? So let me ask you this, Craig. All right. So usually in the transfer window, um, the 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 good players, the great players, are eyeing Champions League football, right? Now players want to guarantee themselves minutes to guarantee themselves spots on World Cup squads. So someone like Gabriel Jesus, right, who was mentioned with Arsenal for a long time, Arsenal can't offer him Champions League football now. But they can offer him minutes leading up to a World Cup where he wants to play. Hmm. So is, is, is what's more important for a player like him or whoever it's going to be? Is it, is it minutes to get into a World Cup squad? You've got maybe three or four in your career opportunity. Or is it Champions League for one year? Well, and we do talk about the World Cup, and there's one thing that that, you know, as much as Iker could see us from a professional standpoint, talks about the Champions League being the pinnacle. Once you put the flag on on football, you're bringing in a different dimension. You're bringing, <laughs> you're bringing in, you know, non-footballing people. You're bringing in everybody just because of the, you know, the love of their country and the nationalism. But, um, uh, playing, and then you got to understand what these guys are doing. It, it, 
they also want to make an awful lot of money. So they want to play to get on the team. They also want to make a lot of money. The, the Brazilians and some of the players that come from South America, especially or poorer countries, you got to remember they're not just playing for themselves. They're playing for their communities. I think Oscar was a great example of that when he left and went to China. PP was got a lot of criticism, but he said, it, I would be seen in, in my community as being selfish back home. Mm-hmm. You should take that money because you're going to be helping an awful lot of people with it. And it's like, wow, I didn't take that angle at all. I was like, you're playing in the Ch- Premier League. You're playing in the Champions League. You know, I'm like, what are you doing going to China? Like, come on. Like, but then when you hear that, you're like, yeah, okay. That's uh, not something I ever thought about. But uh, yeah, it, it's, a it's a factor for a lot of those players. Yeah, a lot of players, they, they needed f- soccer right they had to have it a lot of guys like yourself you know you came from a nice background in vancouver football was important to you but you didn't need it you weren't trying to get out of some you know favela some slum in rio right yeah to escape and get your family out there as well if football didn't work for you you would have found some other career there's a shot podcast podcasting (laughs) no driving trucks across the border (laughs) vaccinated <laughs> that was a that was a great chat we had did i cut a clip for that i should i think so i didn't i should didn't uh you? i can't remember i, I thought gonna i did tell them. god i cut too many yeah good point um just on gabby jesus there's a shot on instagram now there's a lot of shots whether this is true or not or it's dated correctly but during the supposedly this is 2014 when brazil hosts the world cup and he looks like a, a teenager he's quite yeah, would be quite young at the time anyway, probably maybe 15 at the most, I think. But he's got like no shoes on and he just looks like a favela kid. You know, and he's carrying, carrying grocery bags, walking down the street. And, you know, a few years later, he's uh, leading his country at a World Cup, right? Was he in 2018? He was, he was, uh, he was, was going to be the next big thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's one thing that football, uh, you know, has still got that I love is just that, you know, just anybody, Anybody, if you're good enough, or it's, it doesn't matter about race or anything when it comes yeah. to making it. Doing something after, if you want to get into administration and running anything or getting mm-hmm. coaching jobs, that's another story. But they don't care. It's not political or what your color is. They just want to win. They want to win. You know. So mm-hmm. you can you get these amazing stories of these poorest people that uh, make it to the very top, and it's very unusual in any other sport. Well, you see the the flashes yesterday during the final of Ronaldo in the stands, right? And you're thinking this is a kid that came from nothing, found football, became the best player in world football, and now he's staying in the game. You know, he's acquiring teams and clubs. And you see him up there, right? This guy that was just very little education. All he could do was talk with his feet, but he's grown and he's become a real player outside of on the pitch, right? And it was good to see. who, Who can look at Ronaldo now and not smile? We remember what he was as a footballer. Mm-hmm. No one excited me more than that guy. My God, he was and a now he's just, And now he's, you know, he's got. He's wearing the suit. He looks like a businessman. Like, wow, what a great, what a great story. Yeah, eats well like a businessman as well. <laughs> I didn't now. say it. I didn't yeah. say it. It was hard, hard for you though, not to. It was really hard. Hey, there's some people as... in glass houses, you know. Um, speaking of fat fit, which is a great conversation we had on the last show. I was at the MLS game watching TFC beat the Chicago Fire. Ali Pozuelo, by the way, my God. We know that he's not really played up to his standards, but his quality is undeniable. And that final goal and uh, in the last kind of 10 minutes, whew, he was he looked like the best player in the league. 
looked like the best player in the league. And he was on sharing the pitch with Jordan Shakiri at the time. And I'm looking at Jordan Shakiri and is he fat fit or is he just a brick shit house? Is he I think he's a brick shit house? I think he's so is. solid. He's, he's so tiny, right? He's so small, but he's just stocky. He'd be such a great prop in rugby or hooker in rugby. He'd be amazing. He's gonna be very large when he's when he quits, though. I could just he's gonna so. blow up. You think so, eh? Yeah, he's just got that body type, I think. His uh, his ass will be wiping out his footprints. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. I like that. I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Craig's got some good ones. That, I, yes. that that must be an English line, Craig. That it's, is that an is that a well used English line? Oh God, I can you know they come they come to me every once in a while, but there's just <laughs> millions of different one liners that I've heard over my yeah. years. They're just freaking. Oh, you've God. done it. You've done it on TV the few times that I hosted with you. You've done it with me where I just went, did he just make that up? Is that a thing? And having worked with Thomas Rongan, I'm used to just like, that's not a thing, man. But you, you worm worm burner, I remember. Uh, daisy cutter is, was also a great term. What's a worm burner? Like a like a fizzing over the grass? Yeah. Okay. So a, da- a daisy cutter is the same as a worm burner? Yeah. yeah. I haven't heard worm burner before. Yeah. No, Craig, Craig like it. I, I forget what the play was, but I looked at him and I went, hmm. <laughs> I think I understand the context, but is that a thing? Yeah, maybe it was from Eng- East England. <laughs> Might be. Well, any other points you want to get to, guys? Want to I try Jimmy find Brennan out where you're at now. So end of the show now, right? We're getting to the end of the show. You're one and a half to start with. We yeah. we, we pressured you to open a you bullied beer. Me. Terrible advice. Good you, friends wouldn't do that to you. you. You bullied me. Yeah. Where are you at now? I think I'm a. Th- I think I'm a three. I think I'm a. Yeah. Maybe even closer to four, Jeff. Dr. That might be JC. just our company. I was going to say, though, it's hard to tell, right? It's hard to tell. And time. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that too. And also our, our uh, you know buoyant personalities kind of lifted him as well. Oh, no Buoyant question. personality. We, you know, in the podcast world, we lead the league in buoyant personalities. I know. And that's <laughs> Jeff Cole, and he doesn't speak enough. I know. I should speak more. JC should speak more. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> would you would you like the floor jc to to put a bow on this i mean without dan wong or jimmy brennan it was uh it was just us trying to get through it but four good friends getting through it together it was a you good show i think i think you guys just knocked and to, to to get into like a real soccer kind of uh comment you guys knocked it out of the park wouldn't that be baseball soccer. <laughs> You know what? I don't. I don't see uh, things in terms of sport. It's all you know together. So you guys, you guys really hit the hit the the. You got a, a the upper uh, ninety. We hit the upper ninety. Yeah, you, it's a real hole in one, real hole in one with a touchdown on that one. There you go. Do you have a, a general like Midwest character that you go through? Because I couldn't tell if you were a little Minnesota there. There was a bit of Winnipeg for a second, but it sounds like you're. Uh, Iowa? I think the key is to just be as generic as possible. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean, because, you know. So my voices are like. He, he owns an AR-15 or whatever happens, whatever one of those accents are. Oh. <laughs> well, topical humor. Fucking idiots. Ta-da. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's, right. a, there, there's a, a door on. that's been opened that perhaps we shouldn't step through right now. Yeah, well, it's Jesus just bullshit. Christ. The whole freaking shit is bullshit. Absolutely messed up. Schools. What the fuck is going on? I'm Sorry. I'll just, I'll just say one thing. So the tragedy that happened in Buffalo is 
a, a 12 if if you don't have if you didn't have to wait in line at the border it's a 12 minute drive from my house mm. is it really yeah and we go through we go through there we go through buffalo often and man the nice you couldn't meet nicer wonderful people in buffalo mm-hmm. and i know this is just it's just that one situation but like man what what a what a like craig said bunch of bullshit it, it just mm-hmm. ruins communities destroys them forever mm-hmm. um Anyway, so so I know TFC uh, on Friday training, obviously post training, they're interviewing all the players, and someone asked Michael Bradley about Texas, what happened there at, at the school, and I just don't understand why they are they put athletes in these positions. Now Michael is a really well spoken guy, he answered it very well, but I just don't know what you're hoping to get from a fucking athlete about that kind of tragedy. It's completely out of context. It's not necessary. Please stop doing that. But him specifically, former captain of the U.S. men's national team and someone who's been very vocal in the past about gun violence and also as a father, um, still a young father, but a father with young children, how blessed and happy his family feels to be in this country, right? So I think that for him, he's always going to kind of get those questions because he's he's taken you know a, a unique stance in comparison to some of the other U.S. men's national team captains of the past, right? He's built that yeah, voice. I would have to, yeah, I, I, I would have to disagree a little bit. It uh, charms disagree in a little bit in a way that um, uh, it was a it was a pregame against the yep. before Dallas mm-hmm. Maverick game. Uh, he didn't want to talk about basketball. He said, I don't think much has changed in six hours. I got this team, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I, you know, I will want to talk about gun control. His dad was killed by, you know, uh, I think he, I think there's a platform for, it. uh, uh, as much as I don't think anything's going to change because after Sandy hook, it was like, if nothing happened, then nothing is going to happen. And the same thing's happening over again. It's like more kids and it's, it's, it's mass outrage, but the system is built against them to, for anybody to do anything. It's it's run yeah, by maybe, a yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe yeah. you're right. Maybe you know you need to you, you do need to talk about it and bring it up everywhere possible. And maybe then you can affect change. But as we've seen, like you said, if nothing changes off the Sandy Hook, how the hell is it ever going to change? It, it's bred into the culture it's, it's, of that country: guns, guns, guns. Yeah. And anyway, and it happens here one about. periodically, unfortunately, <laughs> as well. Right? I mean, we we have a we have a pretty high we have you know. 600 odd people killed with guns every year so it's not there's a really disingenuous uh facebook post comes out every mass shooting in the states it comes out it says in 19 i think i think 87 i was in england at the time i think it's 87 um a man walked into a elementary school in dunblane scotland and killed i think it was i forget now 18 children whatever it was straight away the british government banned handguns and there's been none since you know there's none before that either it's not part of the culture over there. So this mm-hmm. post always comes out, but it's disingenuous. You know, it, it just doesn't, to me, make any kind of sense. You can't compare the two cases. UK well, you, so you could probably compare Australia more because the Australians had a mass shooting and then they just said enough. There's just no bang and they closed it down. I think what happens is a fear too that they're going to take away their hunting guns and things like that. And mm-hmm. they come for them, they're going to eventually come for your hunting guns. And that's not the case. No, and, and what's next? You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna buy a tank. At there's Walmart, a reason why there, there's a reason off. why a reason why grenades are banned. What? <laughs> why don't I have a grenade? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, it just go. You know, where do you draw the line? You yeah, know? I know. But, I know. 
Well, and we're never going to solve solve VAR on this podcast, and um, no, I'm glad we talked about some of those important issues, but yeah. certainly not something we can we're going to solve in this podcast either. No, we're but, not. But he's now now at one and a half again after that yeah, conversation. Brought, brought down to one and a half. But uh, no, thanks for sharing the time, boys. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry to <laughs> take it from a three to a one and a half. There, boys. <laughs> it's okay, man. I got a, I got a game seven to watch uh, Monday night, Monday New York Whew. Rangers. Taking yeah. uh, Carolina to the to a game seven, so no, I'll I'll, uh, I'll put the pieces back together. This always helps. So uh, and the oil, you, the oil are through. Good for them. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Was Jeff talking about oil? <laughs> okay. Anyway, all right, we'll put a bow in it. Uh, to quote you, James Sharman, uh, cheers for listening and keep buying newspapers. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 